Moncrief on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. In the meantime, what we always do at this point of the week is uh, have a gander back at some of the stories from the weekend. Today, our guide is Kevin Doyle, Group Head of News at Independent News and Media. Kevin, good afternoon to you. Hey, Sean. Uh, obviously, uh, Vicky Phelan is uh, dwarfing every other story. I assume you've met her a few times. Yeah, in, in the line of work I'm in, you, you tend to meet a lot of people and... I, I don't say this lightly because I've said it before. It's not just today that's in it, but like, you know, I've met Michal and Leo and I've been in the company of Trump and Obama and all the rest. I think the only person that I ever became flustered meeting was Vicky Phelan. And mm. I think it's because the power of ordinary. So all those other people have, they have strived for power and privilege and they've got this kind of wall around them. And she got power without ever looking for it. And she became such a powerful force in, in Irish society. And I think, Sean, it all comes back to the fact that is there anybody who hasn't had cancer across their door? And when it comes, it is so tough. It is so difficult. And the last thing you're thinking about is anybody else except the people in your own close family. Mm. And she managed somehow to burst outside that bubble and to take on the weight of an awful lot of women, but also men. Um, and children in the country, children who were being left without mothers uh, because of the way the system was been run. And she, she rocked the system. Yeah. And she took on the state eff- effectively in, in, in uh, well, as we heard in the news bulletin there, out in the, the cervical check. Well, the, the sacrifice to make to not sign the confidentiality clause, when that would have been the easiest thing in the world, she probably would have got a much larger lump of money um, that she could have enjoyed the, the last few years that she had and she could have left uh, for her family uh, well set up afterwards. But she decided this was bigger than her and it must have taken a huge... I mean, she said in interviews that she never thought twice about it. She was never going to sign that. Mm. But it's never that simple, is it? No, of course not. Um, so she really, by not doing that, she she kind of gave up her anonymity. She She gave up... I suppose her private battle with cervical cancer, which she was well into at that stage by by April 2018, when when she kind of burst onto the the national consciousness, and so I think it's just really sad. Like I I just think it's a really difficult day, and I have no right to be sad. Yeah, I, you know, no, I've I met think her many and, people. I yeah, I, I think many people would be sad in that way because obviously I've never met her, but there was something about her. Uh, there was there was a charisma, there was a power, there was a conviction. The, uh, uh, her as an individual, <clears throat> probably, you know, you often you, in the course of your work, you meet people who campaign for various things, mm. but there was something very compelling about her. Yeah, and she achieved a lot because she, she had the strength of conviction. Um, you know, that great quote about not wanting aid the camps of politicians at her funeral, that she wanted them to do something while she was alive, a legacy uh, that would last for her. And I think in fairness, with the Scally report and with, I suppose, the knowledge that we all have around these issues, we refuse to take things for granted now in the same way, perhaps, that we did before the cervical check cancer when it comes mm. to these things. You always assumed that certainly when it came to your health, that the system was on your side and then you learn that actually, no, the system was quite happy for you not to know about a lot of bad things um, that were happening. Um, she opened our eyes, I think, to that. And, and she won't, she kind of, the system will no longer assume that it can get away with that kind of thing. Yeah, no, certainly she cha- she changed things permanently. Anyway, the, the midterms in the US, the uh, uh, reported red wave uh, uh, didn't arrive. It wasn't a splash. It wasn't a ripple. It, it didn't really amount to anything in the end. Um, and that is making it a hell of a lot more fascinating for what comes. So obviously 
we know after the weekend with with the the voting having played out that the Democrats will hold on to the Senate and they will lose their majority in the House, but by a much slimmer margin than might have, well, than was expected, Mm. not might have been expected. And so, of course, all sorts of people are trying to tell us, Sean, what does it mean? Yeah, but it's but it doesn't mean the same thing it always means in the midterm that that, that who's ever in power, particularly the president, gets a bit of a kick in, and then they tend to be a lame duck for the following two years, which is what we'll see. Well, not exactly because he's managed to hold on to the Senate. It means that in terms of a lot of judicial appointments and things like that that would have been delayed, um, Biden actually still has quite a strong hand there because the Senate has the the significant role in that, and even in the House of Representatives because. The majority, I mean, you would have expected that they would have a gap of 20, 30, 40, even 50 in terms of the House of Representatives. But actually, it's going to be much, much smaller than that. And sure, the Republicans are all over the place. Um, mm. So in terms of trying to keep them in line, there there will be policies that Biden will be able to, to get through now because the gap is is much, much smaller. Um, albeit, it's harder than it was. Uh, well, this won't happen till January, but it's harder than it was this week. It will be yeah. for him in time to come. But I think the Democrats very much see the whole thing as a, as a victory for them overall. Yeah. The Now, and you don't know whether this is kind of somewhat wishful thinking on the part of the media, but, the, you know, a lot of the election deniers didn't get mm. elected and uh, maybe the, t- uh, the tide is starting to turn against uh, the, the kind of uh, uh, entrapment that Donald Trump has the party in, uh, that the... Uh, the power of that might be waning a little bit. Do you think that's actually true? or, or Well, I think it's certainly now OK to question Trump if you're a Republican. There was a while there, I think, in the Republican Party where you didn't speak ill of Trump because he wielded so much power that yeah. it could backfire on you. You wouldn't get your name on a ticket or it would do you badly uh, with the voters. Or worse still, he might say something bad about you on not on Twitter anymore, but somewhere in one yeah. of his uh, many spheres. Um, I think the there is definitely going to be big question marks now and I, I would be surprised if Trump he says he has a big announcement tomorrow of course Mm. um, and if that announcement is that he's going to run I think almost certainly now you will see people challenge him you will see a big campaign coming against to try and keep him off the ticket Um, and that may not have you mightn't have thought that 12 months ago because you would have assumed that he would be roaring back uh, and on top of that but the fact that his people haven't come true as easily as uh, many expected in the midterms I think he's in trouble Do you think? Serious trouble? I, th- I think so, because you look at the situation, if if Biden is to run again, and of course that's not certain either, but if Biden is to run again, then he may well beat Trump. That's what the midterms tell you. Yeah, so yeah. Biden's whole argument is, if Trump runs again, I've beaten him once. I've now beaten him twice. I'll beat him the third time. Um, and people know that I'm a safe... They mightn't... I'm a bit gaff prone, but I'm in general, politically, <laughs> I'm a safe pair of hands. Um, so I think if, if Trump runs, then you probably get Biden running as well. And it's a straight repeat of 2020 and the favour would probably fall to Biden. So I think people in the Republican Party will be thinking, well, actually, if we change the game, if, mm. we, if the rules were reinvented here and we put up uh, somebody a bit younger perhaps somebody who's quite conservative still um, who could maybe bring some of those Trump people who have drifted further and further to the right and uh, against the idea of the state and against recognising elections but if you got somebody a little bit you know still on the right <laughs> but not that far out um, could could both sides rally in there and 
a, that person could well take Biden out in in a campaign. So, and presumably that would be DeSantis or DeSanctimonious, as, as Trump is now calling him. <laughs> DeSanctimonious, uh, which is a really uh, your standard sign that Trump is slightly threatened by him because he's made up a name for him. Yeah, and it's it, interestingly, I, I read some of the Republicans, who, of course, were briefing off the record, complaining that Trump's lost it because the best he could come up with was <laughs> DeSanctimonious. Well, apparently, he had several. Uh, he was testing them out before he made that speech. Yeah, yeah, but the yeah the the governor of Florida who got back in. Uh, very easily uh, he is quite conservative he's outspoken on LGBT rights and things like that uh, he he railed against a lot of the COVID restrictions that, that were in place in the US so he would be seen as hardline but not in, in the old days probably mm, not hardline yeah. in the in the modern era of, of American politics but I think if someone like him came in then the Democrats would start, start having to ask themselves about what they would do with, with uh, Biden Yeah so it's well it might be DeSantis that's not kind of that's not a uh, we don't see centrist republicanism coming back yet. Not really. No. I mean, there's lots of names in play. Uh, one other interest, I suppose, the other household name that we all think of is Mike Pence, um, who has kept his, uh, who has kept himself very quiet. Um, of course, he was there on January 6th. He, mm, he went, turned yeah. against Trump. Yeah. And would he be seen as somebody that maybe people could rally in behind? Hard to know, to be honest. I, I think there's maybe a lot maybe too much baggage and if you're trying to break away from yeah. Trump do you spend the whole election campaign with Mike Pence being asked do you agree with this and that and the other on Trump and and what might Trump unleash on Pence true, yes. or, fa- true or false from what <laughs> happened in the Oval <laughs> Office during their term together if Biden doesn't go and Biden's I don't want to be ageist but you know he he's 80 on, he, uh, yeah. on Sunday yeah he's he, he's a good age and he looks a bit frail to, uh, to my eye Who's who's a possible contender there? Well, the the obvious one is Kamala Harris, which carries all sorts of mm. historical weight in terms of uh, gender and race. But uh, I, I see you looking kind of Sean really. Yeah, it, I know it because has, she she's been invisible for. Yeah, she had a really rocky start. People kind of thought she was going to be the star of the show, mm. and she hasn't at all since going into the White House two years. She's been kind of relatively kept in the wings. Yeah. Um, people didn't really take to her. They thought that she would be the one with the charisma and that the public would get behind. That hasn't really happened. Um, there are a few other names um, on the back of the elections. Gavin Newsom, who's the Californian governor, is one of those been thrown out there. Uh, uh, Pete uh, Button... Buttinger. Buttigieg. Buttigieg. Yeah. That's it. Um, who, of course, ran against Biden in the early stages, yeah. but then withdrew and put his name behind him is another one. So there are names starting to kind of surface, um, but none of them are willing to, to go up against Biden at the minute, at least. But I think that will depend on who the Republican candidate uh, ends up being. Yeah, because I think Biden at the moment is doing that. I'm going to confer with my family. Thing. Yeah, the classic. Um, I am running. I'm definitely running. But let me check with the wife. Yeah, kind of scenario. So he's 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 in, but he's definitely left himself enough wriggle room to get out. And I think, to be honest, if you were to try and look at it objectively, I think he'd be as well to get out. He's eighty yeah. years of age. He's had twelve years in the White House now. Eight as vice president. Twelve uh, four as president. He had a very uh, commendable. Uh, career in in the Senate. He's had his own family troubles and tragedy, uh, a really, really colourful and extraordinary life. And I think at, at, not to be ageist about it, but after that career and the amount of time Mm. uh, he's given to that, I think he'd be entitled to a week off. I also saw that midterm result. Does that also mean that they won't be going after Hunter Biden now? Um, It, well, because they have the House of Representatives, what you could see is the, the, 
likelihood is the Republicans will try to kill off now the January 6th investigation, mm. uh, which, of course, Trump has been subpoenaed to appear before. So I don't think we'll ever see that now. Um, uh, and it is more likely that they will go after Hunter Biden, but they don't have the big numbers again. So there will be some in the, the Republican Party who are just like, lads, we need to just calm down here, stop this and actually get on with governing the country rather than trying to, to fight each other. Yeah, that'll be, uh, yeah, that will be an interesting one. I suppose more predictable is our, our own cabinet reshuffle when the uh, the change around comes. Should we know half the people and what jobs they're going to have already anyway? Yeah, it's, do you know what, it's more of a shake than a reshuffle. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. we, those of us who, who have ever hung around Leinster House or in, in, in newsrooms love the idea of a cabinet reshuffle because it's, you know, who's in, who's out. And I think perhaps after watching British politics for the last uh, couple of, of months even, never mind years, mm. I think this is going to seem so deathly boring because we already know quite a number of them. So we know obviously Leo Varadkar is going to become the Taoiseach and Michal Martin moves to Taunashta. The Greens are all staying exactly where they are. So the three Greens are not moving. We know that the two guys in finance, Pascal Donoghue and Michael McGrath, are just going to swap jobs. Yeah. Uh, so so one takes the, the left seat and the other takes the right seat um, and they stay in the same office. Um, the now tarnished uh, Leo Varadkar revealed last week by accident that Simon Coveney is staying in Cabinet mm. and so you're getting down to slim pickings into who you can and sack Dara O'Brien is still housing Dara O'Brien so. and housing the Taoiseach has hinted at as well so you're kind of left looking at say on the Fine Gael side of the house well Helen McEntee is due to go on maternity leave uh, the week after this um, I'd say if I, I'd bet my house that she'll be staying in the job that she's yeah. in in justice yeah. um, and that brings you to Heather Humphreys the most popular um, Fine Gaelor within the party itself and Simon Harris who is seen as the most popular minister with the wider public uh, and young people in particular so it'd be mm. hard to get rid of either of those and that leaves Leo Varadkar with exactly the same lineup as he had going into the reshuffle um, so really I think on the, and then on the other side you have Norma Foley uh, in education I think she'll stay in cabinet which brings you down to basically Stephen Donnelly in health might, might be the only one to actually lose his job they, one gets the impression that even within Fianna Fáil there'd be no great tears no over that uh, people will remember Stephen Donnelly came from the Social Democrats and that in itself raised eyebrows at the time um, he effectively got fast-tracked to cabinet um, of course they all denied that there was ever any deals done to get him into Fianna Fáil at the time but many in Fianna Fáil believed that there was promises made at the time if there were they've probably been fulfilled at this stage mm. uh, a go at the Department of Health albeit a lot of it spent during the Covid period I think a lot of people will be asking questions about Stephen Donnelly and you're right in Fianna Fáil I think it would probably um, be a safe enough move if Michal didn't want to upset his own troops too much yeah any uh, word about what portfolio Mihal himself might take, apart from Tarnished, obviously? Well, he Tarnished, a lot of speculation around foreign affairs, but that plays into the question then around leadership because it's seen as a bad move to be in foreign affairs um, if you're going to be leader because you spend an awful lot of time in Brussels, mm. in America, um, doing the the tour of other countries basically and you can't really lead a party uh, heading into a general election in two years time by doing that so question marks over that maybe he'd go into enterprise uh, it's a tricky time with what's happening with the tech companies and stuff if he wanted a challenge but he's unlikely to go anywhere near like the housing the health the big crises ones because I think Fianna Fáil have their own problems at the moment and he's the one that needs to fix those 
Uh, and so if Donnelly goes, who might take Alf? Well, the speculation would be Jack Chambers, who's the current gov- uh, um, government chief whip, mm. uh, one of the younger members of cabinet, um, a doctor, a tra- trained as a doctor. Okay. Uh, so he would move from sport, which is kind of the minister for fun, into health, which is the exact <laughs> the opposite, opposite of, of that. Yeah. <laughs> minister for no fun. Uh, right. Well, when are they going to announce all those? So it's been delayed until the 17th of December. So basically, this, it's a Saturday. They're going to come in on a Saturday yeah. uh, to oh, do that's it. great. Bit of overtime. Yeah. yeah. So it, it was supposed to be the 15th, but it's been delayed slightly because Michal has a, a meeting of European leaders. So he'll get one more photograph with, um, um, with the leaders of Europe yeah. and, and, and all the rest. And then straight home to hand the keys over to, to Leo on the Saturday, the 17th. And then they'll all head off for the Christmas break. All right, lovely stuff. Kevin, thanks a million uh, as ever for coming in to us. Uh, that was Kevin Doyle there, Group Head of uh, News at Independent News and Media. Moncrief. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. Weekdays at 2 pm on News Talk.